0: Welcome back to the Big Red Hunters podcast. We want to start out by saying thank you to our sponsors, Big Frig Coolers. They offer coolers, cattle coolers that hold medication and vaccinations, tumblers, growlers, and dry boxes. The coolest thing about Big Frig is you can customize it it all with whatever you want. Uh, Check them out at bigfrig.com, and uh, if you have any questions, email at info at bigfrig.
1: Our next one is Glory Visuals. They specialize in wedding and commercial films, so they do videography, and it's incredible. Y'all should go check them out on social media. You also can check them out on GloryVisuals.com.
0: Next up, Other Guys Outfitters. They specialize in dry, or dry field and Canada goose hunts. Uh, they run from November through February, and they've done an awesome video at die bomb Industry, so you check it out. If you want to book a hunt, uh, call Krager at 308-637-7777, or check the other guys' outfitters on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Next up is Faithful Images. Ooh. This is our personal photography business. Um, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Faithful Images Nebraska, or our website, our website, faithfulimages.org.
0: Next up, uh, Redbeard's Custom Calls. He runs the Timber Rattler or the Cutdown Duck Call and Crossing Guard Goose Call. Awesome calls, awesome quality. This guy's no, know, he knows what he's doing. So give uh, Andrew a call at 712-898-6989 and uh, let him know we sent you because he'll give you 10% off.
1: Yeah, buddy. All right, next one is Chaku Peru owned by Angelo. He specializes in big game and waterfowl hunts in the U.S., Mexico, South America, Europe, and Australia. So you can check him out at chakupru.com or contact him at 469-999-4043.
0: Last one up, and a new sponsor to the podcast, Whitetail Taxidermy in Louisville, Nebraska. Owned by Jody Schultz. Uh, You might know him as Pappy from our YouTube. Awesome guy, and he's an award-winning taxidermist. So give him a call at 402-630-0031 four zero two six three zero 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 three one.
1: With that being said, those are our BRH podcast sponsors. We appreciate each and every one of them and let's jump into the episode.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bigger and Hunters Podcast. I want to start by saying thank you to checking out the podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you uh, would subscribe, like, and uh, if you're feeling really nice, you should uh, go ahead and post a review about us and with a five-star rating and make a big difference in our podcast showing up, so we appreciate you. So, all right, today we're going to be, before we jump in the episode, probably should say hi to my guest today. Kind of co-host at this point, Jeremy <laughs> from Huntfish three six five. How we doing, buddy?
2: I'm doing pretty good. A little depressed about what we're about, what we're about to talk about, but yeah, doing pretty good. <laughs>
0: it's a joy. But to make
2: positive light to start
0: with, tell me about this Colorado elk trip you got playing.
2: Oh man, this is gonna be a big game year for us. I just, it is. It is. Um, I, I don't know. About three weeks ago, my buddy John
0: my beautiful wife walking in again
2: making all sorts of noise really
0: loud (laughs) (laughs) said who cares about the podcast (laughs) what a jerk
2: nah she loves you listeners but all
0: right what were you saying
2: um my buddy john if you guys have ever watched the channel yeah you've seen him he's it's been a few years he moved out to colorado about a year and a half ago and he hunted there last year and he basically sent this text to a group of guys that have said, "Hey, I want to come out and hunt with you sometime." Basically, calling for pack mules because he was <laughs> last year he didn't get one, and the only opportunity he had, he was seven miles deep and he was by himself. Oof. <laughs> and he was like, "I'll never get this thing out of here if I can't. So, or if if I shoot it." And so he was like, "I'm calling all people to come." And I was like. Real quick, just looked at the unit he had for his rifle hunting. He actually invited me to go archery hunting too, but I was going to go if I didn't get a tag. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, I ended up getting a tag. Um, I just looked to see how many tags were left in this unit. Colorado was going through their second application phase for draws, and there was between the bull and cow tags, there's 500 tags left. So hmm. I was like, yeah, I'll try. And yeah, so I have a bull tag in Colorado. Let's go, which actually puts me up to two elk tags now.
0: <laughs> Must be rough, buddy. Must be rough. So when's it? So what's the dates on? Uh,
2: or? we're going. We're going for first season rifle, so it's October 16th through 20th. So I'll miss a little bit of duck hunting. Oh man, you're missing the golden, uh, the golden yeah, days. I was thinking about that today at work. I was like, man, like the first couple of weeks of October might be my favorite time to duck hunt, honestly. Yep um so that's gonna suck a little bit i'll send you pictures yeah don't you worry oh i'm (laughs) hoping i send you a couple pictures of me sitting behind a bowl so well actually i don't know i i should take that
0: back because i don't know because i mean that's just the time from nebraska for my dad's tag is september 21st to october 31st so he hasn't told me what week he wants me to come down and help him chase this this bull around but I'm sure he will here
2: soon. Is he going to try and do it with his rifle or is he yeah.
0: Gonna, yeah. Yes, rifle.
2: I know a lot of the guys <laughs> when they get those Nebraska tags, they like to do it as early as possible. Um hmm. I know like whenever I get blessed by the state of Nebraska with a a, <laughs> a bull elk tag which Come on Nebraska, what the heck? Yeah, right. <laughs> um I'll probably be doing it the first two weeks of season is my guess. Gotcha. But that's because I kind of want to do it with my bow. Good luck to you. I mean, the property that I have, I'm like, I already have the property lined up and the elk that this guy has in his living room is 360 inches. Must be rough. And it had, a <laughs> and it had a broken time. It was missing about 20 inches. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, when we were there uh, with Terrell for his cow hunt, there was a bunch of bulls in that group. And like, we're looking at 320, 340. And we go back to the cabin, and the guy's like, Yeah, those are all small bulls. And I was like, oh, What? I'll just take one of those. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all I want. So, but not pumped for it. We got four elk tags between the group. One, my uncle got a cow tag in Nebraska. We've got a couple of Wyoming tags. And then now I'm going to Colorado and so
0: things are looking up
2: yeah it's gonna be a fun season basically from the end of august until end of january is gonna it's we got a lot (laughs) i i'm gonna be coming out with a video here in the next couple weeks explaining uh, everything we do
0: this year i don't know i I don't think i've told you about this but so you remember that south dakota trip i took for pheasants right Mm -hmm. so that was a work client yeah well that client wants to go back to south dakota this year hey
2: you wanna (laughs) Call your boy when you're going to Uh, South Dakota because uh,
0: (laughs) I I might as well. The guy hasn't got I should say I back up. The guy hasn't got back to me. He's on. He texted me back and said he was on vacation. So
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm hoping the dates line up because we're supposed to go to Cozumel. I think it's like the 12th through the uh, maybe 14th through the 20th. I don't. I can't remember somewhere in there like third week. So. I'm hoping that it all schedules out right, but it's going to be busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, between now that, so I was planning on actually doing, and I actually messaged uh, Matt from High Prairie last year. We had talked about me coming out and going to Valentine with him. hmm And uh, during opening, opening day for out west. Well, it uh, doesn't seem like that's going to happen now with this whole elk hunt. It's a lot of trips to make. Shay loves me, but she might kill me at that point. Yeah. So, either way. So, it sounds like September, maybe October elk hunt, obviously duck hunting all there. No- November, got the a pheasant hunt, go to Cozumel. Uh, December, I don't think I have anything December yet. So, if anybody's got December stuff, like that guy in New Mexico, Rio Grande River, let's go. <laughs> and then just January, you got the Arkansas trip. So, There you go. Well, then I got snow goose season, but gotta love it. Yeah, I'm just ready for it to happen. I'm so ready. I'm so pumped for dove and uh, 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 teal season. I, I've taken my break. I've gotten away from hunting. I've got my all my laziness aired out. It's time to get back to work. I just got to get through July
2: because that first week of August, I have a family reunion up in Washington. As soon as I get back from that, I got two weeks of work. We're planning my uncle's elk hunt because he's got the early season cow tag. Oh, gotcha. So it starts August 1st, actually, but we're all going to be out of town that week. So we're going to go at the end of August. And while they're elk hunting, I'm actually going to, I'm planning on getting an antelope tag for my (laughs) butt. Good luck on that, (laughs) buddy. Yeah. No, I mean, it's only $40.
0: Oh, i'm not saying it's about not, that i'm just trying to get near one of no, those no i things know with bow.
2: it's what i'm saying is like if i don't if i'm not successful it's 40 dollars. i'm gonna be up there as it is yeah. so i'm gonna probably give that a shot we'll see i might change my mind it's a lot of
0: walking and that's a lot of heat
2: yeah I'm a sucker for pain apparently though. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially that between that and the two elk tags man. <laughs> you're gonna come back and like November be like, I'm sick of walking, I'm not going pheasant hunting with you. <laughs> oh no, by the
2: time I get done by the time I get to end October, I'm gonna look like a bodybuilder from the waist down. <laughs> <laughs> Call me elk fit. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, but Alright, well, we got the positive out. Got a lot of plans. We'll probably do a podcast at some point about what our actual plans are. But, yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I get to the the bad part. So I want to get all the crap out of the way, and then we can talk about it. Um, there's just a lot to take in about this. We talked about it on Instagram. and I, It's something that is going to become a bigger issue as we go along, and so it's something that each and every one of us as a sportsman uh, and any a gun owner, too, just we need to unify if we don't where hunting is just not going to exist and this is a good example of what that looks like so Oregon here's the headline potential ballot initiative in Oregon aims to end all hunting fishing and trapping this would also include uh, it would also criminalize common animal husbandry practices slaughter for food, and common breeding practice, such as artificial insemination. So it's basically agriculture, too.
2: That's a lot to take in.
0: Mm -hmm. So, initial
2: thoughts. Shoot. Uh, I I mean, I I think my initial thoughts when you sent it to me, which I had seen it floating around, was just, oh, this world's going down pretty fast. It sucks to be a hunter because, I don't know, I think if most of the hunters you meet are really good people, and we do more for conservation and animals than any other group. I mean, I was having that conversation with my dad. We, as hunters, do so much for conservation, whereas some of these other groups like PETA and all those people that are probably supporting this yeah. really don't put that much back into it. I don't know. I was just really disappointed and actually shocked that Oregon would be the first kind of state to do something like this. I kind of expected something like this from California. Um, even with all the good duck hunting, it just Oregon I mean I know Oregon's a liberal state, but it's not the state I expected this to start with. Mm,
0: if I if I had to guess truthfully, if there was a state that I would see that this would pop up in first, I would have guessed Washington between Seattle and Portland.
2: Yeah, I mean, they control most of that state
0: obviously but there's just not a lot of i mean there's there's the side in which you got the two three big cities and then you got the east side where (laughs) the rest of everybody else (laughs) lives yeah so i mean you just have such a different it's kind of like the same thing as like nebraska i think you got lincoln and omaha which Mm -hmm. a good good chunk or a good i wouldn't say majority a good chunk of nebraska and then you got the whole west side yeah which i'm pretty sure I think one district did end up going Biden this year, if I remember right, but oh well. Uh, My initial thoughts about this, it says that they have to have 112,000 signatures by July 8, 2022. I have a feeling that this won't probably fly. Why I think that is because you're putting a lot of people against you. There's just a lot of things. If they had just went after hunting and trapping, I think they would have done a lot better. If it was because you got to think in fishing, you've got so many commercial fishing outlets. You've got so many boats. You get guides. There's just a lot going on I didn't even right think there. About that aspect. Um, and then you've also got the agricultural side with the husbandry practices. You would think you know, sheep, uh, cows, chickens. I mean, truthfully, the way this reads is, I'm not sure if this would in, um, get after grocery stores for carrying beef, but I don't see why. I would, I would assume that's the next step that they would outlaw that. But mm-hmm. so basically, you're pitting, I would say, a good chunk of the state against you, which means I don't think this hits the ballot. Uh, I did say that to a, a gentleman online actually messaged me after he saw this. I'll, Think or I'll pull it up and read it here. But uh, uh, let's see here. I think it was a my a gentleman named Mike from Nevada, and I think he made a good point. Um, he said that they actually brought up a ballot initiative similar to this, been trying to ban coyote calling competitions in Nevada. So it boils down to people. They I really didn't want to jump into this, but I'm going to. It's if it makes anybody mad, I apologize ahead of time, but it's political and it is what it is. I'm a conservative. You know, that's just the way I view things. I would say I'm a little bit liberal on the conservation side, spending more money for that stuff, national parks, public land. I am on that side, but <clears throat> what I have seen in just point fingers here. The Democratic Party is it's there's becoming a big break. There is conservatives. There's liberals. I respect liberals. I've have friendships with liberals. I can understand where they're coming from. That makes sense. This is based out of a leftist ideology. What I mean by that is they find a, they have a completely different worldview of what the rest of regular americans do now most most americans see that god is their ultimate law biblically or that anybody with their religion really and then they see government is the law under that so first you listen to god then you listen to government surprisingly this is really crazy So my church is actually doing what's called... They're doing an initiative called The Truth Project. Mm -hmm. So they're going through a bunch of talks and sermons. If you guys are interested, My City Church, check out their website. Uh, They got a podcast of all the, the stuff and all the sermons. So it's pretty interesting that they're going over this. So they believe that the ultimate law is government. So how do you get your way or your ideology intact? You force the government's hand... You take over the government, and then you enact laws that you want. Now, this is, you can say whatever you want about Joe Biden. This is something that he has said that kind of drives me nuts. About, he said this about the Second Amendment, not necessarily this in general, but he said no, uh, so the Bill of Rights, no right is ultimate, ultimatum, right? Mm-hmm. There's part of certain rights that you should be able to take away or give rules to, right? Um, And that that idea is that okay, you got most of America that believes we have unalienable unalienable, jeez, can't say that, (laughs) rights, and that those rights are given us not by government, but by our creator, right? They don't believe that. They believe that it's given by government. So, if we take over the government... We could take over people's rights mm. okay so in this situation what are they doing they are attacking our way of life through their 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 battle with government and i think that this is just it's just a beginning and that's the the hard part is and it's just a reality i mean the first question is you have to ask yourself why why did they, they care about this and what it is they're attacking? So I'm just asking I see that question. Why are they why are they trying to take our ride away from hunting? Because this is a good question, deep question.
2: Well, ultimately, I think the heart of it, when you look at the hunting aspect of it, is that I think this is just... I can't even call it the beginning stages because they've been trying to do it for years now, but it, it's all Second Amendment-based in my opinion, a lot of it, like taking away the hunting aspect. I think it's just the start of trying to get more gun control on a political level. Because I don't, I don't think there's many politics out there that just go, hunting is a terrible thing. I don't think Joe Biden sits up there and goes, people shouldn't hunt. It's well, all I mean, about the guns in my he said.
0: The funny part is he looked at the guy, which he said AR-14, but he looked at the guy on the Union that was working. That asked him, "Like, you're trying to ban assault weapons, and what do you? What is assault weapons?" And he looked at him and said bluntly to his face, "I'm not trying to ban your AR-14s." Turn around. He gets elected. Guess what? He's trying to ban mm-hmm. AR-15s. Yeah. It drives me nuts about that side of it. I think on the the hunting, the fishing, and the trapping, what worries me the most, and I've talked to anti hunters and. The thing is, is they can't. They, for me personally, what I struggle with the most is they can't talk about consequences. They have no facts. The only thing that they want to talk about is an emotional argument based on morality. That's all they want to say, and they want to scream in your face like you're a terrible human being for killing an animal. Mm-hmm. They can't tell me any scientific fact that a animal has a soul, which they don't. Which they wouldn't know because I mean, they're they don't read their Bible which they should <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> i mean that's what i mean by the separational world view they don't base anything that on fact so then they want to attack your morality well then even if you try to talk to them they're just sitting there calling you a murderer and it's like we can never that's what i mean by having respect for a liberal compared to what i would call a leftist a liberal actually sit there and debate you and say hey this is what i believe this is what you believe we could both talk about it. We'd just go about it our separate ways. Mm-hmm. It just kind of is what it is. They're going to hear what you're saying. They're going to get mad, but at least they're willing to talk about it. Yeah. A leftist is just sit there and scream at you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're, that's what we're seeing. Now, I just, I don't, I don't understand in a lot of ways, and I, I think this is what a lot of conservatives are going through, is there's two ways of going about this. Either we st- start to fight back which i think people are starting to stand up or just roll over and die and i think the and the i mean in the 90s and 2000s it was the libertarian version of you do you i remember that i remember saying that like Mm -hmm. you do what you want to do i do what i want to do that's just that's just not gonna fly because if they take over the government and create initiatives like this then guess what you're not gonna be able to do what you want you do you don't work if it don't work yeah (laughs) and it criminalizes what you're doing so i mean that's the biggest question is how are we supposed to deal with this and i guess it's it's hard because they're not even willing to talk about the consequences so i think this is something we kind of got into um so there is a ballot initiative against uh, protecting, basically protecting the rights, not against, against the other bill that is protecting your hunting and fishing rights. Um, now, it didn't really seem like it went very well in Oregon. Uh, it says uh, Basically, they stated the fact that Oregon generated $929 million in spending and $99 million in local taxes uh, for hunting, which obviously is amazing and
2: free-range protein. The state and uh, local well, people, and that's that's more than I would have expected for Oregon. I mean, Nebraska brings in about is it like just shy of two billion a year, yeah, for hunting and fishing. And like anybody who's been in Nebraska, there's not much else to do but hunt and fish here. So like that, like that's that's a pretty big part of our culture versus Oregon. I mean. For instance, I didn't even actually, until I started watching some guys on YouTube, I didn't know there was elk in Oregon until about five years ago. Yeah. And so, like, and the turkey population is fantastic in that state. And it's one of the few places that you can go without going to Alaska um, or, you know, Canada to shoot um, Sitka Blacktail. Like, it's the only, one of the few places on this portion, or, you know, on the main Main continent of North America The United States Where you could go do that And uh, It's just It's not a well known area And the duck hunting is actually honestly Shh don't (laughs) tell anybody (laughs) You didn't hear it from me But it's pretty good (laughs) Shh Definitely a place I'd like to go someday
0: (laughs) Yeah me too I'd love to get into a flock of widgeon up there Honestly
2: yeah. It's one of the few places that I see you could I mean, if you went there several times, you actually have a good chance of shooting a uh Eurasian. Yeah. Which uh, sorry, were,
0: buddy, apparently they're gonna they're gonna hey, yeah. they're gonna ban hunting.
2: I mean <clears throat> going back to the whole idea of like what it made me think, I honestly don't think that this Time around is going to be the time where it would happen. Yeah, I don't think they'll get enough signatures for it. Uh, I think there's already been a significant amount of pushback on it. And I think we're going to see, as you were saying, we're going to have to start, as hunters and conservatives, we're going to have to start standing up for ourselves. Because you're absolutely right. Conservatives are a dying breed, essentially, because we have gotten to the point where we just roll over. Yep. um when issues come around we get enough people that are like well i don't care enough about this to really fight it fight about it because no one wants to s- fight with a screaming toddler for years and years and years until it's something that is extremely important to you yeah um and i think about a situation that montana did here uh this was that this spring yeah it was the spring And they didn't go to get rid of hunting, but they put a bill in that took 60% of non-resident elk tags and mule deer tags and gave it to um, guides. Mm. And basically started this whole movement to wipe out DIY elk hunting in Montana Everybody freaked out. He had the Get and guys, Born and Raised Outdoor. Randy Newberg got involved in it. Randy Newberg basically said, I'll never step foot in Montana again if this happens. And it just spread over social media. And, I mean, I posted about it. Terrell posted about it. I saw, I mean, a lot of the people that I follow on social media posted about mm. it. Who are hunters. Like, and it very quickly got shut down. And they basically was like, here's who you need to talk to, which... That would be one of the things as a non-resident. Um, who who do I need to send an email to um, within the Oregon state system? That's like, hey, I don't live there, but this is essentially crap. I mean, I you know I want to hunt there someday. I don't think you can take away that much land, and. I also, I mean, we obviously need to start educating people better cuz for some reason I just don't understand how we can't get it through people's head. If you take hunting away, it might take a while. Uh I mean, it, I, we're talking it probably would take 10 to 15 years, but populations are going to get too out of control.
0: Well, I you know, I was talking to somebody about this. Now, talking about somebody getting in contact with uh, just quick uh, I don't know the actual person uh, probably your best per- bet is to email info at sportsmanalliance.org. org so there's they're the actual the ones that I saw the original article from them um, looks like they are in Columbus Ohio but basically the sportsman Alliance is that um, if you follow them they um, they're based on the fact of hunting rights in the U.S., and they bring up topics like this topic in order to educate people. So if you guys are looking for issues to get behind and help other hunters out, uh, looks like they've got uh, Michigan, they've got an article up, South Carolina. Um, so if there's hunting issues, they bring it up. So if you're looking for a good place and a good uh, opportunity to just look what's going on in the sportsman alliance. Uh, looks like sportsmanalliance.org is a good one. So we have got a couple of uh, things. It looks like they actually talked to me eater. So there you go. So that is a good educational resource uh to kinda get in line and get behind people. Um, now talking about in the future I it's it really is. It's about standing up and getting behind people because it's becoming a serious issue. And then we I, we talked about this too, is that because there's like two or three cities in Oregon that kind of, I wouldn't say run Oregon, but have a good majority of the population, the way things are set up, it could go really bad really quick if you could really strategize with the right people in those cities to get these ballots going. It could get dangerous quick.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, especially since, The majority of the people live in Portland, and then what's the other major city in Oregon? Let's see. Portland, Oregon. I was going to say
0: Seattle, but that's Washington. Cities in Oregon. Let's see. Salem. There you go. That's the other big one. Portland, Salem, and then Eugene. Looks like... Of the population, there's like 4 million people in Oregon, and looks like 645,000 live in Salem, 169, or er, Portland, uh, 169 Salem, and 168 in Eugene. So, oh, looking at about a million people
2: yep. within those three, a quarter of your population within the state, I mean, your bigger cities, as sad as it is, are always your more left leaning people who would vote for something like this, because they don't view it the way most people do or i shouldn't say like that
0: well okay so i'll I'll jump in so i have honestly tried to stay non-political even though some things drive me nuts Shay would be laughing so hard if she's on the podcast right now (laughs) um but uh i try to stay away from because i think if there's a place for people to be able to connect and get past some of the Barriers that are out there, just between political s- schemes, it, it 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 is you know being in the outdoors. We've talked about being the blind with other people, and it just gets you past some of the certain barriers, just because you see hunting in the same same light. I mm-hmm. think that conservatives and and liberals can honestly connect under hunting, and that's that's a positive thing. You know, I do want people to connect and. You know, the thing when I say that I don't respect leftists, the main reason why I don't respect leftists is because you can't have a conversation with them.
2: And that that's that's just a, something that's becoming way too normal. And facts just don't,
0: I don't know if they just don't, eh, eh. <laughs> it's almost like they're brainwashed to the point where they just, even if you tell them a fact, it just goes right over their head. And then they just continue to attack on the same note. You know, if you sat here and talked to a leftist, and I'm not saying there isn't some respect to them, but the ones that I've dealt with, I could sit here and say, we bring, or hunters would bring in $99 million, so $100 million in local tax revenue. And on here, this ballot initiative, uh, looks like going over... The median household income is fifty-one thousand and the persons below poverty line is eighteen percent in Oregon. So eighteen percent of people that would be below the poverty line in Oregon benefit from hunters. Not just not just animals, but people. Mm-hmm. So you could bring that back to them and it would just be like, well, you're you're a murderer, you're killing animals like <sighs> <laughs> um and t- kind of going back to what you were saying that doesn't even account for the amount of tags that are bought the amount of duck stamps that are bought and i don't know if they have habitat stamp but habitat stamp and that doesn't even include all the fishing mm-hmm. and commercial fishing it's like it i you it goes over my head why that makes any sense and them not being able to understand the consequences is extraordinary. Well, what do you do, Jeremy? What do you do?
2: What do we do? Uh, he chuckles. I, I, <laughs> I wish I had a great answer. I, well, I mean, we just continue to beat our heads, beat our heads, and fight back. I mean, at no,
0: this- I, if, if I had anything, if I, I could share any piece of advice. And this is directed towards, there's two parts of this, directed towards liberals. Liberals, I'm just going to be honest. The more you read, the more you'll see that the Democrat Party has continued to move farther and farther left. The Democrat Party of the early 2000s or even to 2012 is not the Democratic Party now. It's just not. If you look at, I hate to get this far, but Kamal Harris... Her voting history is farther left than Bernie Sanders. And Bernie Sanders is as clear as day a socialist than anybody. So if that tells you anything about where the Democrat Party is, that's where it's at. Conservatives. I understand your frustration, but you're taking your frustration out on the wrong people. The people in the middle that are maybe slightly left or a little bit left, those are the people you need to have conversations with about the consequences of what's going on. Because if you really help them to understand what's going on and the people that are actually willing to have conversations with you, you can change their their viewpoint. And I'll tell you one way, you know, with Big Red Hunters, we talk about education, education, right? Mm -hmm. Telling people the consequences of what's going to happen if something like this happens. But you know where a great place is to talk about this? A duck blind. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So if you're looking to change somebody's mind about something like this, Show them the way of life of a duck hunter. Oh, that's
2: absolutely one of the best ways. I think you, n- not just duck hunting. We're talking duck hunting, period, or hunting, period. Um, I mean, Meat Eater's done a lot of that kind of stuff. They've done podcasts where they have talked with a lot of people like that, and they've, like, made plenty of episodes where they bring non-hunters, people who have been against it even, um, and taken them hunting. And I don't know. And all, I mean, I've watched most of their stuff and all their videos. I think there's only ever been one person that's been like, I'll never do it again, but they've never been. No, this is still completely wrong. A lot of times people just don't understand what it's all about. People, I mean, and that's because, I mean, the sad reality about social media is sometimes only the bad gets looked at. No one sees, like, The great memories and like the respect that many hunters have for um, the wildlife. I mean, they see uh, one situation I think about is, uh, it's probably been two years ago. Uh, It's been a little while. There was a situation where these two kids, and I believe it was Ohio, um, they shot this buck and it it was not dead. It, It was a still in need of being finished off and you know gotten to expiration um and they essentially started like beating this deer with a stick Ugh. and they were laughing about it and and that and that's what all of the leftists and you know left or leaning liberals see when it comes to the hunting world they just see people that are terrible towards wildlife and just want to go out there and shoot stuff essentially and i do think that there is a problem within the hunting community with people like that yeah but the reality is is no one looks at the good they only look at the bad and if you show like if you show people the good um they will have a totally different feeling i've i've had people in my own life who have never been like against hunting yeah But, like, I've taken them out with me and been like, hey, just come out, you know, take them dove hunting or something like that and just, like, sit with me. Have a good time. You don't have to hunt. Just see what I do. See the respect that I have for the wildlife, you know. I'm not just out there to pull the trigger and to, you know, fill the sky and animals with steel. Yeah, I mean, I'm out there to be in God's nature and, you know, enjoy a privilege that I have as, you know one of his children, and as an American, at least for the moment, yep. um, to enjoy. And I I, I really, the other educational aspect is, and I've kind of stated it a little bit, and I've harped on this for years, people don't see what hunters put back in to wildlife yeah. with all their tags. Um, I was talking about with my dad the other day, people don't realize that like, when it comes to guns, there's what I think it's an eighteen percent tax. Uh, I can't remember the name of the tax, but there's an eight. Well, I, th- I think it's eighteen percent. Yeah, I know what you're tax about. on uh, guns and and ammo and ammo and like eleven percent of that goes back into conservation, and people don't ever don't ever realize that. I think it's eleven. A, a good chunk of it goes back into conservation. But people don't know about that. It's not public knowledge. like all the good that hunters do and even gun owners do for wildlife kind of gets buried so it's not seen and that's disappointing to me
0: well i mean one of the one of the biggest um i mean one of the big biggest successes that has ever happened in well nature really but one of the main ones is something we hunt and it's something we hunt all winter long is Canada geese. Mm -hmm. When Canada geese first existed they found the honker or the giant I guess you'd say is they found them on cliffs there was maybe 50 to 100 thousand of them when they started finding them Mm -hmm. now I last time I saw I think they said 2 million of them exist. I mean, think about this. Bald eagles were an endangered species and just this year now they took them off the endangered species list. Oh, did? Yeah, just this year. Um talk about whooping cranes. They've true. They're I think they're not all the way back off the endangered species list, but they're almost there. Um Talk about wood ducks. Wood ducks are an almost direct, co- I wouldn't say direct correlation to DU's work since the 50s. I mean, and truthfully, <laughs> we're going to have to worry, we have to worry about the future because last time I saw mallards were down 49% this year in the this the population of, yeah. the, the breeding population. I saw uh, you say that. population. I'd l- that was from Delta. Delta it's said that. So, I mean, it's something that we not only have to worry about, or I guess can celebrate the past, but we also need to worry about the
2: future, about conserving, well, species in the future. was trying to find this thing that I actually came across a couple of weeks ago that talked about all the species in North America and, like, where they were, I think it was about, you know early nineteen hundreds in um population size and where they are now, thanks to conservation and hunting I mean some of the species and you named a few few of them that are notable on that list that like people of today would look and go those used to almost be gone um big one white tailed deer you know they were less than at one this i can't I, I wish I could have found it. I wish I could see the exact numbers, but they had a low population. Now there's over like they're pushing ten million deer in the United States. Yeah. Um elk were down like less than five thousand in the entire country and now we're over a million. I mean, wild turkeys basically did wild turkeys didn't exist in like forty five of the forty nine states yep. for the longest time and now like the only state in this country you can't, which I'm sure if you walked around, if you could cover every inch of the state, you probably could find one is Alaska. You can't like there's there's no season, there's like no for sure population there. But even Hawaii has turkeys at this point, which obviously those are planted. But yeah, conservation help has helped bring the bring these species back. And so back, wow, I mean. EU and National Turkey Wildlife, yeah, you
0: know. yeah, Turkey stumbling Federation through my words, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Federation, uh, Big Horn Sheep Foundation, Delta, and there's some others, but these are all great conservation. Now we skipped over this earlier because we were talking about this. Now talking about if we gave up, there are if we gave con- up uh, conserving some of these populations, quit hunting them. What you will find is that in 10 to 15 years, there are some species that are going to die off, and then you're going to have some species that take off and get to the point where there is too many of them. Mm -hmm. Now, what we mean by that is the the earth can only, or certain areas can only hold so many turkeys or so many whitetail deer, and we're seeing this with deer too, is eventually there's some disease that comes in, like blue tongue for whitetail, it eventually comes in because there's too many of them, and it starts killing them. Mm-hmm. Then the population, truthfully, gets wiped out. There is something that's coming up. I can't remember what it was in turkeys. It's something like a worm or a pest that gets in turkeys and kills them. It gets in their like, eyeballs and brains and stuff. Oh. I just heard that on a podcast not long too, too long ago, but they think that It was an article that I was reading that basically said that this is the best time to turkey hunt because the population is at its peak and they think that something like that is going to come and wipe it out. But bigger point here is that if we don't hunt them, they're going to get out of whack and we're going to start seeing some unintended consequences. Mm
2: -hmm. And the biggest reason I brought up that whole... I don't even want to call it a theory because I, I, I think it's pretty evident. You just have to look at it um I don't know, my parents watched this video on the smoky mountains in tennessee and actually it's kind of crazy to watch the this video cuz i've watched it too i forget the name of it I'll, I'll have to figure it out some other time but um it, for one the two species that stuck out to me the most cuz it's an area you can't hunt at all because it's, conti- uh, it's considered um a, a national park oh guess gotcha. um is the two populations stuck out to me was turkeys and black bears per quarter mile there's like four black bears Jeez. Um, in that park and turkeys i mean per mile they have groups of 60 to 70 and that's crazy you run like you're not you're going to run out of food eventually for those kind of animals i mean yep. and then you even look in like yellowstone like With grizzly bears and wolves, there's so many of them at this point because you can't hunt them in those areas that they're expanding. Which that's healthy expansion because, like, grizzly bears and wolves, for the most part, are still relatively protected in a lot of those states up there. So, like, their expansion is there is some health to that. But if if you put too many animals in that kind of an area. They're either going to expand, and if they can't expand, then you're going to get diseases, or there's not going to be enough food, and they're just going to starve themselves. Kind of like in some of the southern states, you see they've actually started going to urban bow hunting for deer because there's so many deer, and they're either getting hit by cars or, like, uh, you should look up Seek 1 sometime. Um, Mm -hmm. They do a lot of urban deer hunting, and some of these deer look like skin and bones that they've shot um they also shoot some really big deer but um they did a video with the hunting public last year in tennessee for an urban zone and you're allowed to shoot like four does and two bucks on one tag because there's so many deer in these urban zones Mm. and they want them gone and of course like a three and a half year old buck looks like just a little tiny deer because it can't get enough food to supply antler growth and they're just not very big deer they're unhealthy looking deer And that's what's going to happen when you start making sanctuary areas of that size. I mean, I'm not against sanctuary areas. We need, especially if there's a population that, and this is a little bit more of a liberal take on it. Um, but if there's a population that is dwindling that needs some help and needs some fight back, yeah, absolutely. There should be certain sections of sanctuary, but making an entire state outlawed to hunting and fishing and, Starting that ball rolling, I mean, if if Oregon goes, you'll see Washington go. You'll see California go. You'll see that whole West Coast go. And I don't even know how far east it would go. You would see a lot.
0: It just depends on how many Californians move Yeah, honestly. (laughs) uh, Probably Utah or Nevada would be next. Yeah. Maybe New Mexico or Arizona.
2: It would jump the South Dakota or the Dakotas, and it would go over into the northeast. Yeah, and you'd see a couple Ohio. of those states. I it's it's
0: a dangerous deal. I mean, it's you know what I'd be scared of if they somehow outlawed hunting in like New Mexico or even that area with uh, with either javelina or oh, yeah or boars and man, it'd be my dad. My dad. I don't know where he's where he was working at, but he was down south somewhere. And he was out at his hotel because he's a so he works on the railroad and he travels and works on track. Well, he sent me this picture of uh, this javelina. It was like big, and he was like gonna throw something around in the trash can, like throw it in, and this thing was just eyeballing him. He took a picture, and not long after, like my dad started making it back towards the room, and like. Yeah. Started going, you like chase him into the room. Oh, they're mean little things. Oh, yeah, They yeah. weigh
2: about 30 pounds, but man.
0: It's like, <laughs> I mean, you can't do anything at that point. I mean, okay, in this, this bill, there's a, what is it? A self-defense excuse, I guess, is what it says, but like, or exemption. There you go, exemption. But... I mean, that, then you got to fight it in court, and then you got to spend a bunch of money. It's just a crap deal.
2: Well, you know, if they got rid of hunting in that state, they would, it would worse. <laughs> <laughs> they would they would make an argument that there's no reason to have guns. Yep. So the self defense argument, for the most part, would be out the window because oh, how'd you defend yourself? Well, I shot it with my handgun. We're well, not supposed to have that. I mean, yeah. it just would be. It is just. A ball, a snowball that is just gonna crash into the bottom of the mountain if it gets started, or at the bottom of the hill if it gets started. You just hope that you
0: don't roll into the Smoky Mountains because black bear is gonna eat your lunch and you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dude, that for like, I don't have a problem with bears, but like if I'm in bear country, which yay, I'm going to Colorado and Wyoming this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, just, I would that the hair on the back of my neck stands up and the when i heard that four and they're black bears so like it's you know the more docile species of bear if you will like yeah that many bears in one area you're bound to have some issues and that just freaks me out
0: <laughs> did uh did you get a chance to listen to our episode with uh levi of the Pollen feathers podcast i listened to about the
2: first half and then i
0: uh so i asked him about bears and he's like
2: didn't he say he had one come to his tent or something like that yeah he had one like
0: come to his tent and was like sniffing around yeah and he said he's got one that hangs out around his house and like he's run into a lot and it's really chill but like just think of running into a grizzly bear yeah like all the time Uh uh-huh you're not really sure what they're gonna do like it's just and you're on a horse like that's just i'm sure you'd become used to it and how they act their personality but Still, that's that's a killing machine that's just waiting to explode and come
2: after you. Oh, especially grizzly bear, that's a six hundred pound killing machine that can run almost thirty miles an hour. Which you wouldn't think a six hundred pound just absolute unit could yeah. muster up thirty miles an hour, but you got to be able to chase down an elk. I I guess. Oh my gosh, no. I was
0: thinking about one of those coming after you. So. Hopefully you don't find one in Wyoming. <laughs> nah, we'll be in the lowlands, luckily, so I don't think we'll see any of those, but nah. I don't, well, you never know. Yeah, you never do. But uh well I kinda I think that finishes up for today. If I have to say anything to a hunter out there that's listening, just know that we need to stick together, we need to unify. And sometimes we get out, get all grumpy with each other about the dumbest things in the hunting industry just understand that we need to come together we need to understand our value that we bring uh to each other to this country and to the game that we hunt and we need to understand how much effect we can make in our finances um you know supporting other hunting brands or people that uh you know and realistic political figures that support us as well, because that's a big part of it, and stand up against initiatives like this. And we can do that by just starting a conversation with somebody that's around you and uh, taking them hunting and changing their viewpoint. And ultimately, if we change people's viewpoints, then stuff like this will hopefully not happen. Mm -hmm. So, all right, buddy, before we get out of here, go and shout your stuff out.
2: Uh, Yeah, huntfish three sixty five. Uh, Instagram and YouTube. Um, yeah, anytime you want to see some hunting and fishing action.
0: Apparently, he's got like an antelope. <laughs> he's it's, got two elk hunts. We're he, doing it big this fall, so you might want to check in. He's going to tell me about uh, all of his hunting spots, including where all the banded geese are. And so <laughs> since he's gone, I'm going to take all the waterfowl hunting and have some incredible videos. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well... All right, everybody, thanks again for listening. Make sure to uh, rate and review us, five stars, if you like us. Hopefully you do. (laughs) And uh, have yourself a good night. Appreciate it. Have a good night.